Well, our message this morning is entitled, Look at Us. Look at Us. Hope that you picked up message fill-in sheet as you came in this morning and follow along with us. Now, that's sort of a strange title, Look at Us, uh, for a message. But it comes from the story in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John are going up to the temple. There's a lame man on the side of the temple and he asked for alms and of the people that were coming through. And as Peter and John went by the, him, the scripture says that Peter looked at him and said, look at us, look at us. And he got their attention and then Peter says, I don't have silver and gold, but such as I have, I give to you. And he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. As I was reading that portion of scripture this week uh, in, at home and just meditating on this, that, that phrase just stood off the page for me. Look at us. Look at us. And as I looked at it, it reminded me of the verse that we used last week as the heart of our message. And it's from 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. And it, and it says, Therefore... Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so last week, our title of our message was Be Steadfast, Immovable. It's a time of putting our roots down, being solid, not being shaken, being able to go through storms, go through difficult times, be steadfast, immovable. And it's important that we are, and we, we spoke to that part. And as I looked at this phrase, look at us, my mind immediately went to the second half of this verse, which I think will actually complement our first message, and that is always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, the Lord wants us to be steadfast and immovable, but he wants us to be steadfast and immovable for a reason. He wants us to abound in the work of the Lord. Like a stump is steadfast and immovable. And if you've ever tried to remove a stump from any property that you have, you know how difficult it is to move a stump. It's steadfast. It seems like it's immovable. But there's no fruit on the stump. There's no frolage. There's no fruit. And so it's good to be steadfast and and immovable but it's for a reason and this verse says always abounding in the work of the Lord the work of the Lord is like a fruit that comes out of our Christian life now this is an important issue because Jesus he was walking one day with the disciples he saw a fig tree he looked for the fruit there was no fruit and it seemed strange but Jesus cursed the tree and the next day it was withered up so there's a reason for us to have our faith. There's a reason for us to serve God. We need to be steadfast. We need to be immovable. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will, but notice, will flourish and bear much fruit. And so there's a reason for last week's message of saying, don't be shaken. Don't be shaken off the church because be steadfast. Don't move. But there's a reason for it. God wants to accomplish something in this world. So last week I asked a question uh, at the beginning of the message saying, 
What would, would someone say that you're steadfast and immovable? Well, today I'd like to pose another question to you. Would people say your life is overflowing in the works of the Lord? Would people say that? When they looked at you, one of the first thoughts would be, wow, everything they do is for God. You know, because it says always abounding in the work of the Lord. I looked up the definition to abound. It means to occur in great quantities. To be bountiful. To be plentiful. So it's not just that I have a little works of the Lord. But he wants us to abound. He wants us to team as it were with the works of the Lord. That it is so plenteous that it just overflows out of our life. And, and I, again, I ask you, and I really sincerely ask you to think about this this morning. With someone looking at you, that would be their description of you. They just abound with the works of the Lord, doing things for God. They're about God's purposes. They're about God's business. Their life just abounds. Every day you look at their life and you just see the fruit and the, and the works that they're doing for the Lord. Now, I'm not sure that we think about that that often. Uh, lots of times, we want the Lord to bless us in our work. <laughs> and we do have works to do. We have our natural work. We have the work of raising our family and tending to things. And we can busy ourselves and all that. And sometimes we think, well, I'm going to ask the Lord to bless my life. So bless what I'm doing. Bless my plans. Bless this. And, and that's okay because we do have a temporal side that we have to take care of and God blesses us in that but really is that what it's for is that the work of the Lord like Jesus said at 12 I must be about my father's business and he didn't mean Joseph in the carpenter shop even though he stayed another 18 years in the car carpenter shop but he realized there's something there's a call there, there's an assignment there's something I'm to do now here's the question folks are you thinking about that as you're steadfast in your faith are you thinking about what does God want me to do? But it's not just a little bit here and a little bit there and every once in a while. This is optional. Uh, be good. Not really necessary. Uh, it's like an add-on. God would be pleased if I did something for him, but it's not really the heart of the issue. Listen, it is the heart of the issue. Do you know that the Bible says we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? And we're going to give an account of the works done in the flesh. I mean, we are going to stand before the Lord. And he's going to gauge, and this is your take home from this. We will stand before Christ to have our works gauged. They're going to be assessed. It's not to salvation. Because the Bible in this portion of scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 says our works will be gauged. And if you've built with gold, silver, and precious stones, it will last. Others will build with wood, hay, and stubble and it will be burned up. But it says, but he himself will be saved. Because we're not saved because of our good works. But it's the fruit of our salvation. We're saved by grace in Christ alone. But because of that salvation 
and we buried our old life and we're going to live a new life in the Lord. The new life in the Lord is to abound in the works of the Lord. It should just pour off our life. It should be multiple. It should every day. It's just over and over again. The works of the Lord are pouring out in our life. We're to be steadfast and immovable. But it's for a reason. That will show forth the works of the Lord. Now. That brings us back to our message point. Look at us. And where does this story fit in? And how does this fit with this always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, chapter 2 tells us about the birth of the church. And after Peter preaches the message, they baptize 3,000 people. And it says in Acts verse two, or chapter 2 and verse 42, now listen to the wording. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. So interesting the same word steadfast. They continued steadfast. They put their roots down. They weren't shaken. They came together and they heard the teaching. They came and they fellowshiped together. They prayed together. They broke bread with one another. They, they communed together. Steadfastly. The very next chapter is chapter 3. When we move out of the, the church being established... In chapter 3, we have the first time that we hear what they did. At least, that's written down for us. The first account of what they did. Peter and John are going up to the temple to pray. So let's just look at uh, these seven verses in Acts chapter 3. Unpack them a little bit and see how this can help us to abound. I believe this is an example of how they live their life after becoming Christians. How should we live our life as we're steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship coming together? We're steadfast in all these things. What, what can we learn from this? Well, here's the first one, and you can uh, fill in these points as we go. First one is be disciplined in prayer. It says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They went to a certain place at a certain time to pray. And here's your take-home point. Disciplined prayer has a scheduled time and place. If you're going to abound in the works of the Lord, you have to be attuned to God's voice. Our voice, we hear God's direction and his assignments by being in prayer with him. It, prayer tunes our life. In the Bible, different times they prayed three times a day. And I've been trying to do that in the last couple of weeks as Kay's been away and I've had more time to myself. And I've just tried to pray morning, noon, and night. But, not, but also to have a time and a place. They went up at Three o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour to pray. They went to a certain place to assemble to pray. And I'm, I, I really encourage you, if you do not have a time and place for your prayer life, it won't be disciplined. It'll get pushed out. There's enough things that crowd into our life. There's enough distractions. There's, a, there's too many things to do. And the only way to discipline it, now listen, this is so important. I mean, this is gold, really, in your prayer life. And you'll hear me right now. Set a time and place when you pray. 
And you will see God begin to open up, lead you, guide you into things that you couldn't be, uh, you couldn't imagine. So that's the first point. Here's the next verses, Acts 3, verses 2 to 3. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Now, here's your point. Certain people are scheduled to cross paths with you. Interesting, it said when they went up to the temple, a certain man. It wasn't just a man. There was a man there. It was a certain man. Well, why was it certain? What separated him from every other man? What, what made him particular that it was a certain man? And I believe it's because God ordained for Peter and John to cross paths with this man. It was a divine appointment. This man was impaired. He was lame. And I believe that there are people that we are crossing paths with every day. But we need to be aware and observant and realize as you meet someone and you're spending time with them to ask yourself, now is this a certain man? Is this a certain woman? Is this a certain occasion here? If you're going to abound in the works of the Lord, this is not to happen every few days. It's supposed to happen once a week or maybe once a month. I have an opportunity to minister to someone. No, if you're going to abound in the works of the Lord, it's going to happen multiple times a day. And you have to realize these people, it's not by chance you're meeting them. And ask and say, I'm God's servant. I want to abound in the works of the Lord. Here's a certain man. And you will see where they're impaired in some way. Now, this man was a physical ailment. And I do believe that there are times when you'll meet people with physical ailments and God answers prayer and you need to look for the opportunity to pray for people. And I've done that many times. And it's amazing how many people are open to prayer if you ask them. Just in a non-religious way. Just say, I'm really concerned. you mind if I just pray for you right now? That's a work of the Lord. That should be happening multiple times a day. People have problems. Now, they're asking for something. Now, when they ask for something, like this man's asking for alms. It was a symptom of his position. He needed alms because he was lame. But his real need was that he was lame. And so many times as you cross paths with people, what they ask for and what their expectation is, is, is a meeting of a symptom that they have because of their impairment. But we see more. We're in tune with the Lord. And we realize there's something this person needs. They need an encounter with Christ. And so we need to come to a point where we are quick discerning certain people at this moment are in my life for a reason. And you begin to open your heart and say, God, what do you want me to do in this case? Now, it's interesting. It said he was, sat, he was sitting at the beautiful gate. <laughs> you know what? God's got a beautiful plan for our life. 
And many people are positioned right at the door of salvation. They're right at the door being ushered into the kingdom of God. You don't know that. You look at them. You don't realize how close they are. But I'm guaranteed, folks, if God is, has divine appointments, he knows what you are to do. Now, you may not be the one that actually ushers them across the threshold. But you are along the way to add your part to bring them closer and closer. And people need the Lord. He has a beautiful plan for their life. But most people, like the Bible says, he lifted us out of the miry clay. Most people are in miry clay. They're mucked down. They're, they're stuck. They, they, they can't move easily. They, they're caked with mud. They, they, there's no place to rest. I mean, they're just in the muck. And they're moving around in the muck of their life. And they're trying to put on the best front. I want you to know the Bible says he'll lift them from the miry clay and put their feet on a rock, a solid place. And, and we are the answers to people's prayers. That's your take home in your notes. Realize that you are God's answer to someone's prayer. Even non-Christians, many times when they're going through the hardships of their life, in the still moment, they'll say, God, if you're there, I don't know what to do. Show me what to do. There are multiple people that you cross paths with that have prayed that prayer the night before. Do you not think the Lord hears that prayer? And that the Lord wants to send his ambassadors, his people, his body to go and minister to those people. So he makes divine appointments for us to meet them. But many times we're indifferent and we walk by. What if Peter and John had just walked by the man or dropped a few coins in his cup? They had to be attuned. They were going to pray. There was a sense of God's presence. And that brings us on to our next point. It says in verse 4, And fixing his eyes on him with John... Peter said, here's our phrase, look at us. Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Now here is the point of our message today, which I think is a very strong uh, key to our abounding in the work of the Lord. When you're walking by someone, they're engaged you. They've asked for something. It may not be what they really need, but they are, they, they are looking for help. You see, they need something. Folks, that's the time when you need to say, look at us. You need to get their attention. But here's the thing. You need to get their spiritual attention. Peter and John looked at this man and said, look at us, look at us. He was, he was saying, you need to look at us. I have something for you. You need to concentrate on me right now. You need to give me your attention. This man gave Peter and John his attention. He was seeing all the people. He's asking alms from everybody. But Peter and John says, look at us, look at us. See, we don't like to be centered out like that. We feel like, no, 
uh, I don't want them to look at me. And sometimes we think, I got nothing to offer. Listen, one day you're going to stand before the Lord in the judgment seat of Christ. And every, I believe every opportunity that we have are going to come up. It's not, you know, I, I don't believe we're going to stand there for hours and hours. I mean, all this is done in the twinkling of an eye as we stand before the Lord. But the works we've done, what you said, what you did for the Lord, or what you were just involved in the temporal realm, wood, hay, and stubble. And my life was involved with wood, hay, and stubble. I never really talked about eternal things. I never talked about things that last. I never really got anybody's spiritual attention. God had all these assignments and I walked past most of them. Listen, I'm, I really feel the Lord's speaking to us today, folks. He wants his church to come alive. Through this time, he's waking his church up. COVID is shaking the church. Situations we go through shake us. But it's to shake us awake to the Lord. And I believe this message, we need to be steadfast and movable. We got to put our, our roots down in the church. But there's a reason for it. He wants you to abound in the works of the Lord. You need to realize there are so many occasions every day you have. He's given you opportunities, but we can miss them. And we need to be alert. And when we do, we need to get people's spiritual attention. You're not a bit player in your life. We sort of feel like that way. Well, I, I don't have. We like to be in the scene. Like the, the point here I, I wrote in your notes. You have the main role in the story of your life. I mean, you're the main character. The story of your life is about you and your walkings and your goings. But we always feel, in a spiritual sense, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit player. I'm a background player. I don't have any lines in the scene. I, I just sort of stay in the back. Someone else will step up and say something. I don't have to say anything. Oh, that's Satan's lie to us. Listen, God knows you. He knows your capabilities. He's not going to have someone cross paths with you. If he, if, unless he knows you have the answer for that person. You may not realize you have the answer. But God's designed it. He's putting the right people in the right place to meet certain people at certain times. Because he's got a work for us to do. And we need to step up into a role. And realize, you know what? My works are going to be gauged. I'm going to be assessed. I want to do this to God. I want to be glorifying to him. You know, it happened this week. Uh, I was at home. We had an appointment of someone to come in and do some work at the house and on a certain area of my house. And so he came and uh, he was working on what needed to be done. And I'm, I'm watching this man. And I'm thinking to myself, he's here for 30 minutes in my house. This is probably a certain man. And so I'm, I'm watching him and I'm alert. And I'm thinking, how can I say to him, look at me? How do I get his spiritual attention? So I'm just my antennae up. And, and in the conversation, something came up that just opened 
And it just, and it gave me this opportunity. And I said to him, you attend church anywhere? And he said, no, 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 I don't. Uh, he said, I used to. He said, I was raised in a Christian home. He said, I've sort of wandered away. He said, oh, I don't do anything bad. He said, I'm not into, you know, drugs or anything. He said, but, and this is the real key that really hit me. He said, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I don't hear his voice anymore. Wow, here's a man with a great need coming to my house. What if I didn't get his spiritual attention? Could have been in the house, leave. The natural work is done, but no spiritual work. And I just begin to share with him that that's the whole thing is to have a relationship with the Lord. I encouraged him. I said, you need to get back to church. He may come out sometime. So I'm not telling you too much of the story. <laughs> I said, watch us online. I said, come on out to the church. He, got the, he said, you know, he said, I want to. He said, I got to work on Sundays a lot though. He said, but he said, yeah, I want to do that. And then I said this to him. I said, you know, your appointment to come here this morning was 8.30. But God had a spiritual appointment for you to hear what I've said to you. God loves you. He wants you. He wants that relationship with you. I could tell as he stood there. He was moved. And I was able to say goodbye, you know, and as he left. Do you hear what I'm saying? If I hadn't have said, in, you know, you understand how I'm saying this. Look at me. Look at me. If I, if I had just been indifferent and let that opportunity go by. Here's a work of the Lord that I could abound in. And folks, I believe there's multiple opportunities like that every day. If we're going to abound. If you're going to team with the work of the Lord. If there's going to be plenteous works of the Lord in our life. They're all around us. We just need to open our eyes to it. Here's the next feeling. Realize the value of what you have to share. This is what Peter said in Acts 3 and verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have do I give you. We always underestimate the value of what we have to share with people. But I want you to know you have words of life. You have transforming words of life. To you, it might be just common. Well, I know that. I'm amazed how people can not know the things we just take for granted. And people are talking. I met with another young man this week. And... It was nothing to do with the church. It was another, I just sat down with him. And he was telling me about he, he and his girlfriend. And the other night they were talking about how do you deal with this? And what happens if there's riots in the streets? And what will we do? Just a young guy in his 20s and his girlfriend talking. And I just had the opportunity to share about faith in the Lord again. You know, because people are... They want an answer. They may not ask exactly what they need. 
They might ask for alms where God doesn't want to give them silver and gold, but he wants to give them what you have. And your take-home point in your notes are, you carry transforming words of life. You carry words of life. Don't underestimate the power of your words, of just sharing with someone. You might think, oh, they're not open to that. Oh, I can't say it right. I can't, I can't just put it in the right words. You don't need to worry. God's made that appointment for you. And just breathe a prayer to the Lord and say, God, help me. I'm going, to, I'm going to step out here. And God is faithful. And you, you won't realize how powerful your words are. You are designed to interact with that person and to speak words of life to them. Brings us to our next point. Acts 3, verse 6 to 7. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Here's the point. The power is in your bold declaration, not in yourself. You have words of life. You need to speak the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power when a child of God aligns himself with the work that's ahead of you. And, and you, maybe with trepidation, maybe, maybe a little fearful, but you declare the, the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid to mention the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. Speak in the name of Jesus. The Bible says everything we do in word and deed should all be done in the name of Jesus. And, and just be a realize I'm about my father's business. He wants me to abound in the work of the Lord. And so I'm going to step out into this. I'm going, I'm going to step up. I'm going to, I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. It will transform lives. See the devil doesn't. Mind you being a, a Christian so much. He's already lost you if you're a Christian. But he doesn't want you to infect anybody else. So he tries to intimidate us. And to shut us up. Now this is exactly what happened with Peter and John. If you go on in the next chapter. Acts chapter 4. This healing causes a sensation in the town. Because this man is well known to be lame. And now he's leaping and he's walking and he's praising God. They arrest Peter and John. They bring him before the authorities in Acts chapter 4. They don't know what to do with him because they say, what do we do? A, nor a notable miracle has happened. But then it goes on to say in, in Acts 4 in verse, um, I believe it's 17. But so it spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in his name. The authorities knew we've got to shut them up. They can't speak in the name of Jesus. That name's too powerful. How is the devil trying to shut you up? It may not be an authority that's speaking into your face. Maybe it's an inner voice that's trying to intimidate you and saying, shut up, don't, don't say anything. You'll embarrass yourself. 
Oh, they won't understand. He's trying to shut you up. He threatened them. They're threatened by them in their life. They go back to their own people. Let's pick up what it says in verse 20, um, 29. Same chapter. They, they pray. And this is their prayer. Now Lord look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they speak your word. Folks I exhort you this morning. Be bold. Speak up. There's a work for you to do. God has this on assignment. The people that you're crossing paths with are ordained of the Lord. They are certain people that you are to meet. And God knows you have words of life that will transform their life. The devil doesn't want you to speak. He wants to shut you up. But I tell you, when you speak the name of Jesus in sincerity and in faith over someone, it brings a result. Salvations occur. Healings occur. Emotions are healed. Marriages can be healed. Relationships can be mended. Financial situations can be resolved. You have the words of life. Be bold to speak in the name of Jesus. Oh, the devil doesn't mind self-help programs as long as you don't mention the name of Jesus. He knows they're ineffective. But when you speak the name of Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. It's the most powerful thing you carry. And when you use it very sincerely, in love, meeting people, having compassion for them, reaching out to them, and you speak that name, it makes a tremendous, tremendous difference. So your take home is just be bold to speak the name of Jesus. Last Sunday, there was a lady that was here that was visiting from Hamilton. Came up with my nephew and his wife. They, they sat over here last week just visiting from Hamilton. I went out for lunch with them. They had never met this lady before. But she encouraged me and she illustrates this point. She's in Hamilton. She, as we were sitting at the table, she shared me, with, her, with me her experience. She said, you know, I had a real, real miracle. She said, I was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. And they said, they gave me just a number of months to live. But they were going to do treatments. She said, I prayed and I committed it to the Lord. She said, I had an assurance in my heart that God was going to bring me through this. So she goes in to meet her doctor that's going to be treating her. And she said, I said to him, I never heard this before. Anyone doing this. But she said, I said to him, um, doctor, do you mind if I just pray with you before we start? <laughs> sort of took him back. Because he said, she said, I'm a Christian, and Jesus is my great physician and doctor. And you're on his team. And he's going to use you to minister to me. Can I pray for you that you'll have wisdom and insight of what you should do? She said the doctor was sort of taken back, but he said, sure, if you want to. She said, I prayed with him. Prayed that God, he would hear God's voice, have wisdom, how to do the treatments. She said, I did it with every nurse that came in to tend, tend me. She said, I'd say to him as the nurse came in and introduced, I'm such, I'll be, you know. She'd say, do you mind if I just pray with you first? And she'd go through the same thing. 
Jesus is my doctor. And you're on the team. Can I just pray for you? She said, of all the doctors and all the nurses, she said, there's only two that said, no, I'd rather you not. She said, that was okay. But she said, all the others I did. Now, here's the thing. She starts getting better. She's astounding people. She told me, she said, that was seven years ago. She said, I'm, I'm completely whole. She said, the doctors are amazed. They can't, they can't amaze. But she said, but I have an opportunity to talk to them. She said, all those people, when they come in and they say, wow, this is, this, I've never seen this. This is a miracle. She'd say, I told you, Jesus is my doctor. You were on the team. God gave you wisdom. See, what I'm trying to say, she was bold. She was bold. Are we bold? Are we intimidated? Don't speak anything in his name. They're going to think you're crazy. They might have wondered about it at the beginning. But when she was healed and what came through it, it changed their thinking. Maybe there's something in this. And she said, she had opportunity after opportunity to tell people the plan of salvation as a result of her healing and the people she had talked with. So I'm just trying to encourage us this morning that to abound in the work of the Lord. Here she's going through the most difficult time of her life. She said, God spoke to me at the very beginning. And he said to her, Linda, you need to harness your emotions and don't let uh, your countenance show any fear. And she said, I just took that from the Lord. She said, I, when, obviously, there's times she's going to feel down. She said, I just said, I'm harnessing my emotions. She said, my face every day, Lord, this is the day you've given me. I want to be used of you today. And in through the most difficult time of her life, she's able to witness to people. And God honored by granting a gift of healing to her. Wow. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Shall we stand together this morning? Can I pray for us? I hope, I hope this word this morning isn't encourage you, inspired you, that you will take a new perspective about your everyday activities, that you'll be looking for the certain people around you, that you'll be bold, you'll speak up, and you will see the works of the Lord done on this earth and in your life, and you'll stand before him and the Lord will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, that's our prayer. We realize it's not within us. The power's not within us. We can't produce this, but Lord, you are a mighty God, and we thank you for it. Lord, may the blinders go, come off of our eyes. May we see every spiritual opportunity that you have given us. And Lord, may we be attuned to your Holy Spirit and be able to say to people in our own way, look at me, look at me. I've got something for you. And Lord, as we get people's spiritual attention, that we'll be bold to speak your words. Use us, Lord. Use me. Use this congregation. 
May we move from this place with an excitement of what is going to happen the rest of this day and tomorrow on the next day. Lord, I ask and pray it sincerely in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's thank the Lord this morning.